Tell me again, tell me over and over and over that we'll be lovers and friends. Speaking of that little ditty, welcome back to another installment, my beautiful, beautiful lovers and friends. Today is a holiday. I did not know that. I woke up. Did my daily grizzle, my daily grizzined. I kind of just made my way through the day. I uh, went to see the movie that I'm going to talk to you guys about today. And on my way back from the movies, I decided, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm getting a little bit older. I'm finding the pleasures in simple things, you know. So I went to this bar that's not that far from my house. And I was intending to have a ponderous drink so I could ponder, I could mentally masticate the movie that I just seen. But I forgot today is National Murder Your Motherfucking Liver Day, also known as the somewhat racist St. Patty's Day, because Irish people are about a lot more than just drinking. But some for some reason, stupid Americans. So hold on one second. A little bit hot, so I thought I'd take my clothes off, you know. Cause it's getting hot in here So strip off all your clothes I am getting so hot I'm gonna take my clothes off You'll have to excuse me I've been sipping on that whiskey (laughs) Party rock So Lovers and friends Today I'm here to talk to you About Shazam Fury of the Gods Billy Batson I was thinking about this movie yesterday when I made Sacred Purchase through the Regal Unlimited. And I thought to myself, how funny would it be if I enjoyed this movie a whole hell of a lot more than I did Black Adam? And this movie made a whole hell of a lot more money than Black Adam. And while I'm not sure about the box office, because it just, it just like world premiered last night um, and officially playing today. I don't know the box office, but I do know that I enjoyed um, Shazam 2 a whole hell of a lot more than I did um, Black Adam. Hold on one second. It was appropriately humorless, jeez, it was appropriately humor-filled. It's not even really... It was appropriately funny, there we go. Like I said, I've been sipping on that whiskey. Everybody brought their their A-game. I feel like certain things... there's, There's a twist that is barely... If you've seen as much film as I have, you see it coming from a mile away. Um, Once... When the characters mentions Comic Con and the other character says, "What's Comic Con?" Like, no, sorry, not buying that. You are who you say you are, sister. Little sister with a picta, got a picta. Um, it's it feels like Zachary Levy is having the most fun of anybody. It feels like 
out of all these actors you've seen play in these type of movies, this genre of movies, um, Zachary Levy definitely looks like he's having the most fun. Like, it's fully believable as a human being who really, really enjoys the green screen of it all and the uh, the visual effects. Like, he really seems like he fucking loves this shit, and it's it's great. It's great to watch. He's got such a effortless charm. Like, you believe through his acting that he really is this god who's just... He's really is this god who has the the soul of a 17-year-old, now 17-year-old. You believe that at the heart of this champion is a young man. It's impressive acting. Um, It could be daffy as fuck in the wrong hands, but Zachary Levy seems to have it under control. It's definitely not a beef with me that he couldn't return to Marvel as Fandral, the uh, the dashing, and the... uh, the Thor corner of the MCU as one of the the warriors of Thor or whatever they call themselves. It's from like Thor 1 and 2 and they kind of dispatched of them in Thor 3. Yeah, they dispatched them in Thor 3. <clears throat> I like this movie. It, it does, does have qualities of the type of superheroics we would see in the past where... You know, the opening of the movie, there's this big save save the citizens of the city scene. And uh, I, I, I had walked out a couple times to, you know, grab provisions, make, make, um, <laughs> trying to be clever. Uh, yeah, I went out to grab some snacks. And so I missed certain things. But as far as I can tell, they never set that up. That's just that it's something. It was a danger scene that needed to happen so the the heroes could be in full effect. And it kind of felt like movies of the past, like the, the, the great thing about the superhero genre is as it continues to evolve, we are getting, you know, eventually we're going to get to a point where we're going to get like, like we've been getting elevated horror. We're going to get elevated superhero movies. Like some people would suggest and myself included would suggest that Zack Snyder's The Watchmen was an elevation of the superhero genre of movies very much too big brainy and not the typical type of shit that people expected. Even at the time that that movie had, film had come out, it was something that a lot of people threw negativity and shade at without really fully understanding just what The Watchmen was about, which was basically like, fuck your Supermans and your Batmans and your Spider-Mans and your Daredevil-mans and your Man-mans. You know, we the motherfucking Watchmen... We fucking, we're icy, we're, we're cold-blooded, we fuck midgets in the ass. Like, yo, I don't know if the last one's uh, necessary, Mr. Superhero Guy. What you do sexually in the comfort of your own boudoir is none of our citizens' business. I'm just riffing. Can I riff? Just let me riff. I'm just riffing. Come on, baby. It is hard, though... As much as I did enjoy the second outing, it is hard to really have too much of a vested interest, especially since the uh, DC Universe, which DC stands for Detective Comics, the Detective Comics Universe is in flux. And let's not lie and kid ourselves. It's been in flux 
since, you know, uh, Justice League, a.k.a. Joss Whedon's butchering of Zack Snyder's Justice League, since that film came out. Things have just not gone good for Warner Brothers, the place where they're definitely not trying to warn any brothers, um, and DC Studios. And so the whole time I was enjoying this, I'm like, this is kind of an exercise in in futility because after the Flash movie, the Flash film, well, I guess after Aquaman too, because that comes out the end of this year, like nothing really motherfucking matters. Like, I don't even know if the rest of these characters, like, I don't even know if Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman or Jason Momoa's Arthur Curry, a.k.a. Aquaman, are going to be around. I really hope that uh, Ezra Miller isn't around because they are a terrible human being and someone who's kind of paraded themselves as being a fucking monster off the movie set should not be playing The Flash. You know, give give them the role of... Eobard Thawne, the reverse Flash, because that's what they have been acting like, running around the world terrorizing innocent people. It's like, you're, you ain't acting like Barry Allen. You're acting like Eobard Thawne, the motherfucking reverse Flash, the guy who comes around just to shit on the Flash's day. Like, that's who you're acting like, Ezra, and I'd really like to never see you in a super suit ever again. <clears throat> that being said, you know, with all that I've said... uh it was, it did kind of infect my brain with negativity. It was just like, this film kind of doesn't mean shit unless they bring back the entire cast. Like, James Gunn has been saying, like, he's rebooting most of the movie universe, but some people will still be around, but has yet to say anything about which characters are coming, you know? Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go? Dun, 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 dun. If I stay, there could be trouble. Dun, dun, dun. Should I stay or should I go? I'm pretty sure I just fucked that up. But I don't care because I ain't got no hair. I do, I, I do, you know, some of this, one of the, the stands out, standouts, it's, it's great to see Dame Helen Mirren. Just, she seems to be at a stage in her career where she's just enjoying shit. She lobbied to be in Fast and Furious, and now she's part of the Fast and Furious family. And here she finds herself as a slightly sympathetic old god who, uh, not quite good, not quite bad, just full of fury, like the title suggests, you know, you're facing the fury of the gods. Even though there are three of them, they've had plenty of fury to go around. The fury definitely festered my friends. The fury definitely festered my felonious feline friends. It's really hard to just string words together that all start with the same letter. It is quite... The Undertaking. The Undertaker. I've got so many random thoughts going around in my head. I'm sorry. Like I said, I didn't get time to mentally masticate, which is chew. For those who don't know what that word means, I'm not saying masturbate. I'm saying masticate, which means to chew. I didn't have time to mentally chew or digest the uh, the movie before I gave you my thoughts and views askewed. 
because it was motherfucking St. Patrick's Day, the day of Americans being slightly racist towards the Irish. Y'all do more than drink. Do way more than that. You guys are fucking amazing. The Irish, not not Americans. I'm I'm talking to the Irish on that tip. Um I don't want to say too much about the film, you know, spoiler-wise, because it literally just came out, like, a day ago. Uh, I hate to say that it kind of has... I don't want to say a weaker story. I think with the fact that this is more of a... If there's ever going to be something in the DC film universe that is uh, more approachable and kid-friendly, it's going to be Shazam, the film about a bunch of heroes, a family, the Marvel family, as they're called, or referenced from time to time in the, the comic books. And the Marvel family is comprised of children who utter a word and lightning comes down and they turn into superheroes. So it would make it, it kind of makes understandable sense that they wouldn't want the plot to be too hard to understand if you were a uh, a small child, you know. But I feel like they could have done more, you know. Not like there's anything wrong with this film. I'm not calling it Black Adam because man, that movie, that movie. You, you, we don't have to digress into my feelings on that film. If you'd like to listen to those opinions, you can scroll all the way back to when I did the Black Adam episode and listen to me shit on Dwayne Johnson because you suck balls, man. You suck balls. That's that's all all I'm going to say about DJ is uh, your film sucked ass, nigga. Like, real talk. Yeah, I uh I I do like I do feel like um in terms of if there's one thing I can say an overwhelmingly positive glowing review is that DC films may have shitty shitty problems behind the scenes with organization and knowing what to do and always you know for the longest time seemed like multiple people saying multiple things, you had multiple random projects. So it's nice to see them kind of become more uniform in their shit. Um, I lost my train of thought. I apologize. Oh, yeah. They're visual effects they're cgi when cgi if you're uh for the uninitiated who do not know cgi stands for computer generated imaging um they're computer graphics the the, the vfx the special effects leagues above ant-man and the wasp quantum mania x aka kangalang the uh the kanging the kang ending blah trying to be too clever Turn it into mush mouth. Just stop it, Jensen. Who's the black cat with the private? <laughs> I was going to say the, the shaft thing. Who's the black private dick who's a sex machine to all the chicks? Shaft, you damn right. They say that cat shaft is a bad mother. Shut your mouth. I'm talking about shaft. Oh, we can't dig it.
such a fun fucking song. That song fucking rocks. This this film had some amazing imagery. There's one thing. You've already seen it. If you've seen the trailers, I'm not really spoiling it. It's uh, the scene in the trailer where he's got the glowy staff thing and it's dark and there's lightning and it's just his face barely lit by the uh, the glowy staff MacGuffin thingy and his lightning bolt symbol on his chest. And I just thought that was... There's There's just things that when I see on film, it's something I never thought that I would see on film because I'm used to re- I'm used to seeing this on the page and just having to imagine like how badass would that be to see. And a scene like that is, uh, to me, emotionally held as much of a punchy punch as the big splash page scene at the end, uh, the big battle between the heroes, all the, the, the galaxy, the universe's Avengers, and Thanos' army in Avengers Endgame, like in, like that was massive, but just seeing things where I sit back there, I just sit back in my chair and I just, I'm just like, man, I just never, it means, it means a lot to me, being a fan of comic books, a nerd, whatever way you want to classify me, my love for these properties it's still, it's still, I wouldn't quite say it takes my breath away, but it still kind of has me pinching myself. Like, if this is the Matrix, I'm almost just willing to keep on taking the blue pill just to keep having them pump more of this shit into my eye holes. You know, shove it all in my eye holes. I don't care. I don't give a shit. If I am taking the blue pill, if you keep giving me this. Suck it off the bone like ribs. Um, there is a after credit scene, so I would say definitely stick around. Don't, don't leave the theater. It, uh, it seems to be interesting. Um, uh, fuck it. I'll spoil it because it's one of the things I was very curious about, uh, walking out of theater. One of the things I was thinking about. So the after credit scene involves... Um, two of the characters from the Peacemaker show, uh, Harcourt and the guy who dyes his beard, Dye Beard, as Peacemaker called him, and they're looking to recruit um, Captain Marvel, or Shazam, whatever he calls himself, and he's been referred to as Captain Marvel before in the comic books. They're looking to re- to recute, to recute, ugh, my mush mouth, to recruit uh, Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Billy Batson, for the Justice Society. And it made me, I'm, I'm, so I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, so is that, like, the big reveal of James Gunn's uh, new DCU slate? Is that it won't be the Justice League, it'll be the Justice Society, or are they going to do it like they did in the comic books and have two competing teams where... Typically, the Justice Society, especially in the New 52, was ran by Amanda Waller. It was a government-sanctioned justice team, and they were tasked, I think, with discrediting the Justice League, making the world mistrust them, so the Justice Society would become the top ace um, team that is on the hunt for justice. It's a big old... (laughs) 
<laughs> it's it's a mess. Continuity of comic books is a hot fucking mess. So I'm just interested in that. And then the other thing that I thought to myself is that out of all the characters who've had a reoccurring part in these this these new recent DC films, it's always the actor the actor who plays Harcourt who just happens she happens to be married to James Gunn, and I've uttered the phrase nepotism before, but it really it was like personal close to home like a motherfucker got the promotion over me and he was the fucking nephew of my store manager like that's the type of nepotism I was looking at I never really pointed the 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 gazeful eye of nepotism on Hollywood's elite but it really feels like James Gunn is engaging in a little bit of nepotism by having his wife um show up in all these films and it also kind of seemed to me like is he trying to make her the Nick Fury of the DC universe, the De- Detective Comics universe, because she's sure showing up and kind of being that was kind of a little Nick Fury-ish, um, if you ask this bald, um, burnt honey-colored man. Because I'm not black, I'm burnt honey, you know. Let's be specific or describing people. Bald with burnt honey skin, beautiful eyes and luscious lips. The man from the town who knows how to party, Jensen, the beautiful and majestic motherfucking Dean Jackson, son. (laughs) I'm so sorry, you guys. Probably looking for like a real, real episode and you're just like, this bald bastard's just gotten himself up into a tizzy, having a few drinks. And he's just talking out of the side of his fucking neck. I am, but I, my feelings about this film are still true. And to show you that my feelings on this film are still true, I'm going to give it three thumbs up. Because it was a fun fucking time with the movies. It was full of humor. It, it had charm. It just, the story, for everything that it was promised, even the title, The Fury of the Gods, promises a grander scale. And I feel like it was such a... Small film. I did, I did, however, enjoy seeing Gal Gadot return. Sorry, spoiler. Gal Gadot return as Diana Troy, a.k.a. Wonder Woman. I just, a lot of people don't think she can act, but I, I believe it. When she shows up on screen, she, she emits feelings. She radiates feelings of warmness, kindness, caring. Everything that Wonder Woman is, I feel like she has it down. I don't see what other people's problems are, but then again, a lot of people on the internet are just angry little trolls typing away on their keyboards in their grandmother's basement. They, you know, probably hate themselves more than they do um, Miss Goodell. But I I don't get the hatred that she gets from people. I I love her, and it it was great to see her. It's no secret to anybody who knows me. My fictional superhero crush is Wonder Woman because she's just, she's just wonderful, pun fully intended. Bang, bang, you shot me down. Bang, bang, you came around. Bang, bang, I'm on the ground. (laughs) I am a silly motherfucker. But yes, as I said, um, love the cameo. And if it's the last time we get to see Wonder Woman in 
if in the uh the gal the gal gadot version of wonder woman at the very least um it was nice to say goodbye it was nice to say hello and say goodbye one last time before she gets rebooted after the flash does his flashpoint thing in the flash film and probably helps usher in james gunn's new dcu uh so yeah, if you like superhero films and you, you like the first Shazam, you will love this one. And that will have to wrap up today's episode. I will catch you on the next one. And thank you, as always, for taking time, especially on stupid bullshit episodes like this where I haven't buttoned myself up and gotten my act together and I'm being the silliest of gooses. I immensely appreciate you guys for allowing me into your homes or your car or your office. Hopefully you're not listening to this fucking shit in your office. But if you are, thank you for letting me into your office. Thank you for letting me into your life during your gym time or whatever sacred moments. Maybe you listen to me while you're playing video games. Maybe you listen to me while you're having sex with whoever you fucking... I don't care. I appreciate you listening to me. I know there's someone out there in the world who listens to this podcast while they fuck, you know. I like to listen to a podcast while I'm going straight to the bone zone. There's nothing wrong with it. Some things are just your thing. And if, listener, if this is your thing, do your thing, man. Fuck what they're looking at. That 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 was some advice uh, that came straight from Ice Cube. And I adhere to it. I thank each and every one of you. I love each and every one of you. And I hope that each and every one of you love yourselves and learn more and more with each and every day to love each other. All right, that's enough of the, the Daffy Hope messages. I'm going to get out of here, and I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.